like, you know, initially in the early days, I was I was absolutely obsessed with this business. Absolutely. I was thinking about it all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or less than a week, four, four days. Everybody was online. Everybody was trained up. Um, so, Saf, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for agreeing today. Um, just for the people who don't know who you are, can you just give us an overview of who you are, what you do, and, and what your business does? Fantastic, Dave. Always good to talk to you and always good to catch up. Uh, you and I have known each other for a, for a, for a few years. Obviously, we're, we're from a similar background in terms of the yeah. skill sector, and that's how we got to meet. And, and, and I kept on seeing you at conferences, and we were at these sort of learning <laughs> events, and you were there, and... and uh, and yeah. uh, you know we always had a you know fantastic conversation. That's how that's where our sort of connection initially yeah. started. So so you know so obviously from the skill sector, but I would regard myself as um, as a social investor, social entrepreneur. Um, I, I would say I started fairly late in life as a what I would say a business person, entrepreneur, uh, around the sort of 29, 30 mark, which you know to a certain level is a little bit late. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, so I've been in I've been in business now for uh, for for twenty for twenty years or thereabouts. Um, uh, involved in home care market, the domiciliary care market. Yeah, uh, yeah. obviously that's a growing sector. Uh, uh, for the last few years, I've been involved in the foster care sector as well. Um, right, great. People generally know me for Pathway Group, uh, which is a skills based business, and been doing that as I said, for about twenty years. Apprenticeships. Um, you know, started off back in the day with train to gain and various other things as well. But you know, that that's really, I would say, what how, you know, most people know me for. Yeah. And what what made you kind of take that leap to step into your first business? Then what made you ready around that thirty year old mark? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was a natural entrepreneur, David. I mean, my 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 thoughts were to progress as a career, and my father. Uh, you know, obviously had a big influence in terms of, you know, professional career. Yeah. And and it wasn't about entrepreneurship, it was about education. It was about actually trying to do the best that you can and grow yourself within a, within a, within uh, an industry uh, and uh, and have some technical sort of knowledge and, and, and so forth. So I was in between the accounting profession and financial services profession. So my degree was in banking and financial services. Uh, and I wanted to become a banker, uh, or in the sort of in the, in that sort of market. And you know, he had a good reputation. In, in obviously, since then, you know, the whole world has changed. But at the market, at the yeah. time, yeah. It was a good, good sector. And I thought, if banking doesn't work, if I can't get a job in, you know, say, um, you know, as a st- in, the, in the sort of stock exchange or in the, financial, in the in that sort of banking sector, financial services sector, then maybe accounting. And so I was looking at those particular routes and uh, my initial sort of first few jobs were, you know, working for the local authority budget support officer, working, you know, within uh, uh, British Gas, Transco, uh, in the sort of accounts department, uh, meter reads, you know, analysis, a lot of sort of data, numbers, number crunching. Um, You know, I was quite good with numbers mainly and and a lot of sort of statistical stuff. Uh, I moved that to uh, financial services went into sort of um, uh, look at the whole actuarial uh, um, market, so pensions, pension review, pension calculations, miscalculations. So a lot of cal- calculations, stats-related yeah. stuff, and uh, did, did that. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and to a certain level, I, I moved from, from that to, you know, thinking that, you know, I, I feel a bit of a void. 
um, and uh, I'm not, you know, progressing. And uh, there yeah. to be much sort of, you know, although I'm doing okay, and I'm, I'm sort of, you know, getting my qualifications, I'm getting one qualification after another, uh, and so forth. And there's natural sort of growth happening, and I'm, you know, yeah, you know, I had a few jobs from from one to another, went into contracting. I thought it's just there's a bit of a void. I need to do something else, and uh, started, uh, you know. The, the the I think the current terminology is like a side hustle, sideline type of business, yeah, yeah. Um, which is really how. So I've got my full time job, and um, started. Um, uh, I call it a side hustle, but it's more of a community venture, in terms of trying to give back as well, but also trying to develop myself in terms of open, you know, open my eyes in terms of what's going on in the marketplace, and I and I set up a, a community venture, um, and, and uh, which was back in ninety nine two thousand. Uh, whilst I've got you know a, a career and uh, started sort of working uh, with uh, people who needed assistance in terms of legal advice, uh, and we you know, we applied as a, a citizens sort of advice bureau, local community advice bureau. Yeah. Um, registered with and got some funding as well from the local from the local government. Uh, got some funding from various other trust trusts and so forth and. And uh, set up a sort of an advice bureau, very similar to uh, Citizen Advice Bureau in the in the Spark Hill, Birmingham area, giving people advice on housing benefits, money advice, uh, immigration, schooling, all of those yeah, sort yeah. of general advice aspect of it. And uh, um, just by chance, uh, I mean, again, you know, I would say it's just by chance and, and being there at the opportunity and really seeing the opportunity. Uh, a lot of the uh, FE colleges at the time, and you know, we're talking about probably double or triple the colleges uh, that were there at that time than what they are now. So there's a lot of, even in Birmingham, there was probably about 12 colleges, um, mm-hmm. uh, FE further education colleges, and there was a lot of competition even between the colleges. So now you've got some like three super duper colleges, super colleges, but at the time there was like 12. Um, and uh, our, one of our local colleges, Hall Green College, which we were just around the corner from, wanted to do more in, engagement community outreach and they wanted really the the clients that were coming onto our into our centres. They wanted to get them onto some courses, predominantly ESOL. Um, and uh, and they spoke to us about referral fees and whether they could use our centre. We had a small community centre that uh, uh, you know we were able to uh, get from the local authority um, uh, on on good terms. So so they they wanted to use our premises to to deliver classroom activity. Which, uh, which initially we thought, okay, can we do more than just you using our premises? Rather than just you coming in, can we? Can this be more of a partnership type arrangement? And uh, and and and, and uh, the person who was in charge um, said, yes, you know what? We'll we'll we're, we're interested in people who can who can who can assist us uh, in other areas of Birmingham and even the wider West Midlands. To grow our community outreach provision. So if you've got if you've got networks and contacts within the communities, and at that time um, there's a whole dearth of asylum seekers that came in um, from from different areas, um, uh, and and, and uh, the, the the colleges were really eager to uh, enter the whole refugee asylum seeker market to try and. Yeah. Get the, uh, the the sort of ESOL qualifications predominantly. There's a there's a fair amount of money that the further education colleges had for that and uh, and I think their problem was really the the engagement uh, I mean now if you go and contact one of the colleges their waiting lists are huge and you know they, they, you know, they, they, they haven't got the capacity normally but at that time there's a lot of growth there a lot of opportunities there so for me 
uh, I just saw that as an opportunity and I just asked really to say, you know what, okay, you're interested in renting our premises, but you know, could we do a bit more? I don't know much about it, but I'm sure we can we can assist you. Just tell us what you and, and sort of guide us and, and we'll be you know, we'll we'll obviously be a hopefully be an asset to, to you and a, to you as a college and that's the gave us an opportunity. And uh, you know, at the time it was uh, further education funding council, FEFC. And um, even how they paid us, I didn't, you know, I, you know, I didn't know how in how we worked, and that's, you know, so, you know, it was a subcontract arrangement, and it was all units at the time, and uh, you know, we got paid. I think it was about uh, six pound a unit. They were getting eighteen pounds, so you're effectively getting a third of of, yeah. of what it is. So it's like getting thirty three percent of what the drawdown is now, <laughs> and, and we were getting that, and from that thirty three percent, you know, we the, we paid our staff costs from there as well. So obviously we paid our staff costs, our rent costs, and so forth. So they've got you know seventy you know what you know seventy percent of the market. Uh, uh, my figures are <laughs> my figures are a little bit all over the place, but they've got two thirds to the sixty six percent of the market of the, of the profit, but not really doing any work. And I thought, okay, fantastic. So we we I thought you know what it's probably time now for us to maybe rebroker a deal and see if they're willing to do so and uh, and. Um, at the first opportunity, I think they were very reluctant because they thought, you know, well, we've invested time and effort on these guys, and I thought yeah, they weren't, yeah. they weren't, they weren't prepared to do it. And the only way that sometimes works is if you, if you have a counter offer. <laughs> so we went and spoke to another college and another provider. We says, actually, you know what, we'll give you eight pound a unit. And uh, after that, we went to ten pound a unit, and and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and uh, obviously there was an element of that, and, and we also felt that we don't want to change partnerships from one to another and another. Eventually, all three, four of them became one college anyway. Uh, to, to be frank with you, mer they, mer they merged all together, but they, they had they had their uh, they had the, they had their sort of competition at the early days and, and a bit of rivalry, and 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 we sort of uh, learned from that as well, and we also sort of. Uh, you know, learned our sort of craft and trade, and and uh, it came uh, it came to a bit of a shock, and and it just all closed down fairly quickly. All contracting, subcontracting, just became very bad, and I think this is sort of whole tightened the whole market back in sort of two thousand and two, three. And I thought, okay, do you, you think know, do you think we're going to see that again? Now, you know, it's it's probably about you know, I mean, I've been in the sector twenty years, and you know, it changes. It changes every single time. Now it's like a bad thing, you know. Even in the FEW paper uh, sort of uh, help uh, newsletter, it's like they want to just stamp out all all contracting and 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 just go to direct contracts. I think subcontracting is a positive thing. Um, I think it brings people into the marketplace. It brings people who are so often lean, agile, uh, who can get into networks, who can do a lot. They've got the hunger. They've got the desire. This is my take on business. Is if somebody, if we only ever had the same business as we've ever always ever had, there'd be no hunger to drive things forward, no competition, no new competition. You know, in recruitment, and obviously I know you deal in recruitment yourself is, there's always new recruitment companies coming into the market with new ideas, fresh ideas, mixing it up where you have to keep on your toes to stop all new entrants to the market I, I just think is ridiculous because you're stopping then people leaving a business and setting up something better than what's what's already there i get there's got to be tighter controls over subcontracting but that's for the primes to manage and with the esfa but to stop subcontracting i think is a bad thing because especially if you go back 20 years ago where your journey began is 
you were able to subcontract and offer a better provision to the local people of Birmingham and the surrounding areas because you understood the local market. Some big organizations don't. So the big primes that have got the money need the pathway groups of the world to be involved with the asylum seekers and be involved with the people who need help. To stop that, I think, would be a would be a tragedy, yeah. really. And David, I mean, the other thing is, I mean, our market, our sector is is very unique where, you know, a new entrant can't come in unless they've got some sort of, you know, somebody sort of godfather trying to look at, looking after them or a prime or a lead that takes them under their belt. It's not like any other sector where, you know, you can, you know, the the... The route for entry is, you know, isn't, uh, you know, it's not, it's not. There's no other way of coming in, really. It's not very yeah. difficult unless you acquire something else, or, you know, it's a very difficult route. Uh, I, I know people have, have got, you know, sometimes new new companies and they've applied for OTEP and so forth. But you know, from from the rest of the skill sector, it's a quite a difficult sector to break in. You know, for, uh, for it's a difficult sector to break in, and when you're in, it's a very difficult sector to stay in. And that's, a te- that's a testament to, to you and your business for you know 20 years in the sector, because you have seen so many changes. I mean, how do you keep up with the different changes? How do you stay on top of things? I think firstly, I mean, you know, you know, we, we've heard this term about resting on your laurels. That's that's the first thing. I mean, if there's an element of hunger, there's an element of growth. There's also, you know, you've got to, uh, and I think we all go in, into sort of certain dips where where we have problems and worries and so forth. And and, uh, and 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 for me, it's about you've got to have that vision, but it's also really being able to have the team that you develop that you can rely on, trust, and and a lot of it depends on that. Uh, I mean, you talk about you know our strengths back in the day was actually going talking to these hard, these hard to reach individuals, which probably were disengaged from the the colleges and they never had people who you know who who, who could talk to them at that level. And because we were in that area, you know, we were seen as one of those individuals, and we were able to uh, you know go out and get the numbers in terms of outreach. But our strength wasn't you know we we know we didn't know much about curriculum quality awarding bodies all of those sort of things were new to us at that time so we yeah. played on our strengths and uh, and i think if you can if you you know and you know you, there's going to be certain certain things which you are very good at and certain things that are going to be things which you find very difficult or difficult and sometimes what happens is uh, we stretch ourselves to the point where you know you focus on the new things or the things that you may be not so good at and it's and that takes more of your time and then what happens is uh your, your, the things that you know you play to your strengths, you're spending less time on. So as as naturally as entrepreneurs as business leaders, we want to stretch ourselves. And the way we do that is trying to do things new all the time. And sometimes sometimes these new things take a lot longer. They sometimes can drain you. Sometimes you know there's obstacles and so forth, which is not a bad thing in its own self. But then you sometimes lose focus on the other as, other aspect of it. And it's, it's all it's 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 a it's a it's a combination of things. You know, it's a combination of so. I, made all those mistakes and it's about you know having making small mistakes as, as opposed to you know having catastrophic massive issues so you know you can deal with the contract and, and to a certain level if it doesn't work you can, as long as you can survive and come out of it it's no big thing but it's about you know you know it's about not necessarily putting all your eggs in that basket uh, and, and and if you do make sure that you you're, you've got 100% of your eyes on that basket as well so a combination of things and you could we could probably be talking about those stories and that journey, but it's um, 
it's a you know it's a constant hunger and constant desire and and and, and just keeping yourself on your toes. Never just are, are you still as hungry now as you were twenty years ago, or are you as it as it grown? I think we go through we go through sort of dips to a certain level, and and uh, and and we're always looking for challenges. And I think when the challenges stop, you start you start looking elsewhere in terms of what else. And and it's easy sometimes then to see. I, I at, at times it's like you know initially in the early days I was I was absolutely obsessed with this business. Absolutely, I was thinking about it all the time, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You know, on your on your sort of PC laptop, and uh, every single time you think about it, and you look at somebody else, and you think, you know, what they're doing, and you're always thinking about and learning, and you're sort of like a sponge, you're taking things in, and yeah. you're constantly mm-hmm. growing and so forth, and then that naturally isn't going to last 20 years. It's just not yeah, going to be the yeah. same. So you're going to go through periods, um, and 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 uh, and it's really understanding what that what that period. So when 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 we're now sort of writing tenders and so forth. That's, that that gives me a little bit of buzz because there's an excitement of you know what we might get this visualizing it and so forth, uh, putting things in place. So you know you go through periods of uh, of sort of motivation and motivation to a certain level it's not constant. It dips up and down and so yeah. forth. I've got to go back to okay you know what yeah, I leave that to these guys. I'll come back to this and so forth. And it's about how you keep you know how do you how do you stay loving with your business and it's, it's <laughs> and it's it's it's, it's, you know, the basics are there, the purpose and all the rest of it is there, and it's about really what works best for you. Uh, but it, it, it is, um, you know, it is a long, you know, it is a journey and it changes. It does, it does. And how, how have you managed, how have you found it? Because you, you have now multiple businesses, not just, you know, the, the, the training side, the recruitment, things like that. How do you keep on top of all of the different businesses? How have you, how have you found and juggled that? Um, in an ideal world, I would have said I would have you know, split my time, you know, a third, a third, a third. I mean, the three main businesses. Too. So there are a few others as well, but there's some smaller parts and, and, and so forth. But I, I would say uh, it depends on what the focus and the, the priorities are. And, 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 uh, and, and uh, I, you know, I, I live and breathe Pathway Group. Uh, that, that's that's my sort of day job as such. So I'm spending yeah, most yeah. of my time here, um, uh, and, uh, and and you know, but we have an events company as well. We you know we run the uh, the you know what, what's now the Bayman Apprenticeship Alliance Awards. Uh, we've got the uh, the not-for-profit Bayman Apprenticeship Alliance that we run as well, which is a uh, uh, which which is a membership organisation promoting uh, uh, the the Bayman Apprenticeship agenda. Uh, we run events like Business Book Awards, the Pathway to Grow, networking events as well. Uh, so there's a few things that are that, that, that are there, but my focus would change. I mean, I might work two or three days uh, solidly on on uh, the uh, apprenticeship awards because that's where the focus needs to be. Because you know we're we're at the planning stages, or we're at the sort of you know we're, you know the awards coming to to. The, uh, uh, coming in a, in a couple of weeks' time, and I need to know what's going on and so forth. So the focus will change, and the variety changes as well. Um, you know, I've had periods where I've done I've done uh, nothing but pathway for three months, um, and not in, not been involved with that. I'm still getting my emails and so forth, but I'm not actively spoken to anybody or you know done anything in in some of the other businesses. And, and at other times, I've I've sort of done five or six different things in a day. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And it just just changes just prior, priorities and what's important and so forth. You know, it's uh, it's just 
you know, it's just having, you know, having a sense of, you know, of, of what's important for you at that time and where your time needs to be, um, and and where where you're where you can make the biggest difference, um, and 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 other times it's 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 also really understanding, you know. You know, am I actually just meddling here, or am I actually contributing? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's that difference. You know, and sometimes people want you to be there, uh, and other times they 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 want they want space. And it's yeah. really yeah. being that having that little bit of emotional savviness, intelligence to say, okay, you know what, they're fine there. You know, they're they're happy there. They're doing what it is, and give them the space if they. You know, I'm here if you need to, and and allowing people to 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 do so. And uh, I think if you can give space people the space and the encouragement um, you know and you can create environments where it's trusted relationships and in safe zones where they can talk to you openly mm -hmm. as and when and they copy you in you can then you know you can have a little bit of a fluid type arrangement as opposed to a bit more structured and say yeah. you know what, I've got to have a nine o'clock meeting with you on this particular day and I've got to have this catch up with you on this particular day so you know there is some of that but you know but there is there has to be some flexibility particularly within your leadership team yeah great and in terms of um business what has been your biggest challenge that you've faced of various challenges uh, um uh, you know i mean i think for the, for the first one is trying to establish a, a name for yourself and, and and getting the position where people treat you seriously you know, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, to 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 be one of the one of the organisations that people speak about positively, to be in those circles where people recognise you and, and 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 think of you, and and I always want to be in a position where you know if somebody you know if a college or anybody else is thinking about partnerships and they think, well, we we need to do something in the Birmingham area or in the West Midlands area, I would hope that our name comes into conversation yeah, in some yeah. aspects of it. Um, and, uh, and and it's really how do we get that? How do and how do we how do we uh, you know how do we how are we known for that and what are we known for? So for me, it's not necessarily my black book and my contact base in terms of yeah. who I know, but it's about who knows me or our organisation and what do they know us for? And it's really that credibility. So if, you know, if I know you, Dave, as a troubleshooter, as somebody who could solve a problem for me. You know, then as soon as I think about that problem, I think, you know what, I need to contact Dave for this. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what we want to do, you know, where they think, you know what, we could we could do with you know a partner that can help us. We're writing a particular bid, you know, who would who would come in, who's got the values, who's got the credibility, and who would actually add weight and add strength to our bid. And um, you know, and, and rather than us knocking on their door all the time, they say actually, you know what, would you would you be interested? And it's really that positioning. And if you can get yeah, that position yeah. right, which doesn't happen overnight, if you get that position right, get, build your reputation. And, and, and if, if somebody says, you know what, what do you think about Pathway? And the and, and person turns around and says, yeah, you know what, I think that, you know, I've heard about them. And even if, even if they've, I'm not done you know, sort of business with us directly, if they can say at least something positive, yeah. um, um, then, then that's a big achievement for us. So it's that, you know, the name, the, the, the reputation, the brand, what it means to them. As opposed to me saying or us saying that you know what well, we know everybody in the sector. That's for me that doesn't yeah. mean it's, no. it's the sector or the people and the key people knowing you and what do they know you for? Mm -hmm. And what what would you say has been your biggest successes? Um, a, no, a number of successes, David. I mean, for me, uh, I mean, back in the days, getting a direct ESFA contract was a big one. 
absolute big one. You know, to to get a a prime lead contract. You know, when when you're in the subcontracting arena and uh, to to hold a contract in your own right, where you know you, you know that's you know you're the decision maker. It's you running that contract. It's how you know, and you can grow that contract, and you've got control over that contract. That's a massive, yeah. massive. Play of you know it just it just turns the whole thing down. I mean, we all dance to the tunes of lead providers, and each lead provider, prime provider, is different. They're, you know, and sometimes they're 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 positive, and sometimes it can be a headache. Um, and you know, they've got their own ways of doing the, these things, and and we're so grateful because at the end of the day, they're they're uh, they're our, they're our paymasters, and we're grateful for the opportunity. But you've got to dance to their tunes, and you've got to go dance to what you know what it is. And sometimes it makes sense, and sometimes it doesn't. But you know, we go along with it. You know, we go yeah, along yeah. with it. And but the control isn't in your hands. You know, they they may and they plan short term as well. So they they start thinking. You know, two month cycles, three month cycles. We want a year ahead. I mean, we're not talking about five years. We just want a, a year security as opposed yeah, to yeah. you know two months or three months. And we don't get that. You know, you can't get that. But getting a dry direct contract the first time uh, any organization gets that. You know, you've got some security, and you know, and, and the the powers just change, and you think, wow, you know, I can grow this now. Now, mm-hmm. you know, this is in my hands, and I can grow that. So that was a big one. Um, if I'm, if I may, another big one for me was entering into the welfare to work market. So we, so you know, as you, as you know, Dave, you know, the, you've got the whole skills market, which is funded by ESFA and Department of Education and so forth. And then, then we have this employability sector, which uh, in some aspects of it is trying to do the same thing, but it's funded from a different funding stream, different department, uh, Department for Work and Pensions, and you've got the DWP and you've got your skills and Department for Education, but there's a lot of crossover, massive amounts of crossover, and the two don't meet in many cases, so you've got a whole welfare to work sector. So we're in the skills skill sector, and and the welfare to work sector sort of looks down on the skill sector, and skill sector thinks, you know, we're doing all the work, and it's us guys, and so forth, and and the the two are doing their things independently, and, you know, there's a little bit of crossover sometimes, but they're independent in some aspects of it, so we have this ambition of, you know, we want to become provided in the welfare to work arena which is you know which was quite new for us or quite new for a lot of uh, particularly small uh, small skills providers so we went into the whole market of becoming a subcontractor initially for uh, uh, for other providers for the leads for, for, for the leads in terms of uh, the, the the flexible new deal the new deal programs and then moved on to getting a, um, a work program so in 2011 we were a uh, one of what we call end-to-end providers for in-training. Yep. Uh, and that was a big thing for us. You know, we established ourselves in Walsall. We established ourselves in in, 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 uh, in uh, a part of Birmingham as well. And we were dealing with job centre referrals, getting people back into employment. And obviously we were able And how to- different was that? How different was that as a business? Did you have to recruit new people, new mindsets, you know, from, from, from the skill side to the welfare to work side? How much more difficult was it? There, there, there is some crossover. I mean, the, the job titles are different. You know, you're talking about employability coaches, job coaches, um, and, and 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 they think a little bit more like DWP. Um, it's job centre referrals. It's uh, you know, it's putting them on on, on systems, um, trying to you know, trying to encourage them to to get employment, looking through their CVs and sort of the basic sort of stuff. And and you're dealing dealing with a lot of volume often 
you're dealing with a lot of volume and this it becomes a numbers thing. Uh, you know, you've got a hundred referrals coming in maybe for, for, for a particular job coach uh, or, you know, they're your clients and you've just got targets in terms of getting into jobs. Um, and, and, and there's not, there's, there's only so much you can do with them. And, 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 uh, and, you know, it's about motivating them, inspiring them individually. And what you find is that uh, there are some self-starters, self-motivators, but you've got to do, you know, a little bit less work. And then there's others who are, you know, potentially you've got to do a lot more work. And, and what you yeah, find yeah. is that, you know, the, the job coaches, you know, look at the ones that you, you do less work with because they can hit their targets. And, and what you find is that it comes eventually where you've got massive pools of people where you 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 know you can you can get some quick hits at the early days, but it's about really the long term. So from that perspective, there was an element of, you know, the culture of DWP is a little bit slower, I would say, in terms of you know, uh, particularly at the time that we were in, it's 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 doing things at a certain pace. It's uh, it's very aligned to the the job center. It's about you know it's in it, it, a lot of the time it was about. You know, the core, the, you know, we called them customers, but, you know, they weren't treated as customers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In some cases, they were treated more in terms of, you know, uh, uh, a bit of annoyance in some cases. And, and uh, you know, in our sector now, in skills, you know, we, we you know, customer is number one. You look at the, getting the best for them and, and you know, you, you really make a difference. Um, yeah. And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not being negative on, on the uh, welfare to work sector, but, you know, you, and I'm sure it's changed, but at the time, in our experience, and we were running that contract from 2011 right up to sort of 2018, um, it, 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 it was uh, it was completely different from skills. And, and even though people talk about the two, you know, need to work together, there was an element of um, cultural differences and attitude differences and so forth. And 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 also to a certain level, if you're dealing with people. Um, all the time who've got barriers, constraints, it sometimes yeah. mentally yeah. drains you as a job coach as well, you know, because, you know, we are, we, we're all about the people that we surround ourselves with. So if there's always negativity, always barriers. And if you're feeling that constantly, you know, it does bring you down as well. So, you know, I, I could relate to the job coaches on that market, but it's a difficult, difficult uh, area. Uh, but you are dealing often with people who are at the lower level uh, the, the lower rung of the ladder, really. Um, and even then, Dave, it's like, um, you know, you, you know, poverty issues and in-work poverty, all of those things, you know, you, you start seeing and and, uh, and and you actually start seeing people's issues where previously you're thinking, you know, if anybody wants a job, you can get a job, but there were barriers and there were things that we had to work on. And it wasn't as straightforward as, you know what? Come on, just go out and do it. You, you know, you had to, you, ha- you had to go through the whole mindset aspect of it, and, and a lot of it is all about the mindset, really. And uh, and, yeah. and some of yeah. these obstacles were, you know, you know, in our eyes, might be small obstacles, but for for somebody else, it's a mammoth um, you know, issue. Yeah, and in terms of you were um, one of the winners of, of in terms of the devolution. What do you think devolution's done? Has it been a good thing? Um, how have you guys approached it? You know, what does what do you think that the future potential that lies in in the devolved areas? Yeah, so so we we were very eager in terms of obviously, firstly, uh, uh, the whole change in terms of our education budget and and and, and the things that the that were planned. I mean, you know, we're going back to Lord Hessel time sort of uh, uh, sort of ambition in terms of 
devolved economies and, and going power going to you know away from London into into the 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 uh, the, the local regions. Um, so we were very eager and also at the same time, uh, you know, we, we were ambitious, but also a little bit skeptical, worried more than anything else because you know you're going through a, a process, you don't know what the what you know what, yeah. what what the outcome might be. So and you can only do your best. So we looked at you know where could we uh, put a reasonable offer, uh, and, and and our areas were you know we picked three areas really: London, Greater London. Uh, the Greater Manchester and the West Midlands, and in in the initial um, uh, the first round of devolution, uh, we were successful in London. We were the biggest provider uh, in lot two in in the GLA, which was the employed uh, AEB, yeah. and in uh, in GMCA, uh, we were probably one of the smaller providers, but we've got a we've got a contract there, which is a combination of employed and unemployed. So in London, it's all employed. In the the GMCA is it's a uh, it's a combination of the two. We didn't get anything in the West Midlands directly. And were you shocked? Were you more shocked you won the other two areas and not the area where you've you've began really? You began your journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we, we thought you know people traditionally would probably know us as, as a Birmingham West Midlands based organisation. We've you know we've been here a long time. Uh, it's our strength. We've got a lot of our infrastructure here. We've got you know we, you know we've been working here for for, for many years. And um, and and uh, when I looked at the winners list and and saw organisations from uh, the northwest, uh, organisations from the London area winning in our area, I thought, okay, they haven't really got the infrastructure, uh, mm-hmm. but obviously they've written a, a bid which uh, ticks all the boxes or you know has ticked uh, you know the right boxes and has got more points in certain aspects of it. Uh, likewise. Uh, you know, we can't complain because we've won in London and we've won in Manchester yeah. as well. So, so you know, yes, I'm, I was a little bit uh, disappointed and, and, and personally hurt in the fact that we know, you know, West Midlands, we've been, you know, we've been sort of supporting and working with them. Um, any, any, anything that they need in terms of a consultation or any aspect of it, we're engaged. And it's not, and, and we spend, uh, you know, a heck of a time you know, a lot of time and, and, and effort and, and resources to, to make sure we're actually engaged in these areas and we're contributing to the labs, we contribute, uh, we're attending all the meetings, you know, and, and, and any time there, there's something where they, 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 they want input, we're always, you know, we're always contributing and, and whenever they needed us, we're there. And, um, and, and we did all of that and I thought, okay, you know, this was purely on the bid. And uh, and the people who are who know us probably not involved in the bid, and this is somebody just looking at it from a, yeah. what they've written. It's just a black and white exercise, and we've just clearly not done enough. And I don't think, I don't think that is logical in this kind of bid because for twenty years you have been supporting people of the West Midlands from Birmingham, also everywhere in the surrounding areas, and you've won big in a, in a in a in a a newer region for you, I would say, in, in terms of London. Um, you didn't win anything in your in your home in your yeah. hometown, where really that should have been should have been reversed. You should have won big at home and maybe smaller contracts uh, in other areas. Yeah. Sometimes you can't just award on a bid. You've got to look at the the background and the fundamentals of 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 the business. Do you not think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 
I think that, that was the ambition initially, isn't it? To, to get local procurement locally, the people who are, who are there uh, uh, know best for the area. And, and, uh, but then there's procurement rules and procurement rules are procurement rules. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and what you find is that the intention is there, but you've got to go through the whole sort of procurement process and, and yeah. there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. So, and, and it moves away from people making decisions in terms of, you know, what they see out there to basically what you can put on paper. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's, the, that's the thing. So there's going to be losers out there. There's going to be lo- losers, particularly smaller organizations in, in many cases, uh, you, know, who, who, you know, who haven't got the resources to, to write these bids, who haven't got the resources and the track record possibly. And in some cases, you know, you know uh, a lot of the bids, they, they're, not, they're not that regional as well. They want you to deliver in multi-regions within a bigger region. So, you know, the radius, uh, you know, so we, 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 we did eventually win, uh, um, uh, Dave, in terms of uh, um, uh, with Westminster's Combined Authority. Uh, so you know we won recently uh, for the Commonwealth Games, which starts in August. That's a very small contract, though. It's just level three qualifications, very similar to career, de- career development loans or career learning loans, um, and, and it's about digital qualifications at level three, um, and it's a small contract. And we won, and we were we won um, as a subcontractor to Circo, um, as, as you as you're aware. So we were part of the Circo supply chain, um, and Circo subcontracts. Or everything that they that they that they get as well, and we were one of the five providers there uh, that, for the for the for the AEB um, in, in in terms of the in terms of that. So you know we we still uh, managed to to be part of it, but even then you know you've got to deliver in in certain catchments, and you know the profiles are are, are, are sort of stretched to, to a sort of level. You know we need something in Sandwell. You know we need you know. X amount of numbers in Sandwell. We need something in Coventry. We need something in, uh, you know, a Black Country area. And for somebody who maybe is a Black Country provider, then you know, it's going to be hard for them to pick up a Black Country one because yeah. that's not how contracts are given. So what you find is that they're still they're losing out on the, you know, the, the, the AEB aspect of it, and there's not enough there to 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 look at these providers on a maybe more third level. Basis, you know, they're probably, you know, third level sort of providers really, and and and, and that opportunity isn't there, and it's not really encouraged, and, and so mm-hmm. the so the organisations, you know, you know, and which we were one of them back when we started, the small specialists in in a particular region, uh, our Spark Hill, that sort of B11 postcode, Birmingham sort of postcode, you know, we couldn't deliver in Black Country. We never had the infrastructure. You know, you're talking, you know, yeah. ten miles. It's ten miles, which is which is which is Nothing in, in in terms of how what we used to know, Dave, Dave. But you know, we, we our centre is there. We can't we can't look after uh, clients yeah, two miles yeah. away. We can't even look after clients some cases three or four miles away from from mm-hmm. Spark Hill to Washerith. And in some cases, people in Washerith won't go to Spark Hill. You know, this yeah. just in the area, and, and it's 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 that's just how it is. And and, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's not just a Birmingham thing. It's a generally many areas where you know people are. Really focused in their own air, in in their own sort of postcodes and and and, uh, and unless it's, unless it's the services are there and you're providing there that they're not likely to catch or go somewhere yeah. else. And um, how has COVID affected you as a business? What have what have you guys done during during the COVID period? So 
I think I think we've I mean, to a, to a certain level uh, it took us by surprise. We underestimated it. I mean, uh, to 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 some aspects of it, um, uh, and, I, and I think uh, for us is uh, you know we had a couple of projects. You know, we were talking about digital and and, uh, and uh, you know allowing people to have the flexibility of working from home and using more digital applications and so forth. And we've been talking about it for three years, you know, and we had, we had a plan, business plan. We're going to do this in 2016, 17, 18, 19, actually more than three years. So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, five years. Yeah. And, and it's like every time it's there, oh, we're going to, we're, we're, you know, we want temper and, you know, there, were, there was something called the felt tag review back in sort of, five, six years ago and says 10% of your provision needs to be digital and so forth. And, and we thought, yeah, you know, we need to benchmark and so forth. And, and we just never got around to around to it. And it's very similar, David. It's like, it's like sometimes you have a target of, you know, we want X amount of commercial income. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't want to rely too much on some of these contracts and tenders. We want X amount of uh, activity from commercial. And you never get around to hitting those targets because you get so busy in terms of the other contracts and so forth. So it's very similar to us in terms of the digital targets we had. We never really got around to it. And uh, we invested in, in in the IT platforms, but implementation was always difficult. So we had, we had uh, tools such as uh, uh, OneFile, uh, and we were sort of, Phasing them and our timescales were like, you know, we're going to do this over 15 months. You know, we're going to do this over 12 months. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of Microsoft Teams, we we bought the we, we bought the uh, solutions uh, years back. You know, and uh, and um, uh, and so we and, and we were only using a very very small part of it. Yeah. So we got the whole Microsoft Teams outlook, uh, the whole sort of Office 365, the whole the whole cloud implementation. And we're sort of hybriding, and we're still using some parts of it, and our, and, and and it's just slow, and and you know, and then you train people, and then you know, you people forget, and people move on, and so forth, and you never really implement it. And so for this, for us, this was a, a big bang implementation. You, we've got to do it, and we've turned it around within a week, or less than a week, four four days. Everybody was online, everybody was trained up, um, every you know, all our meetings were done online. Uh, real collaborative. It's not just about, you know, here's a Zoom call and so forth. Actually sharing documents, sharing resources, working online. Uh, resources were were, 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 were digitalized, um, standardized. And, 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 and when you've got to do it, you've got to do it. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And to be, fair, to be fair, I had um, Capital City College Group on um, last week. He said their their did their five year digital plan they did in two weeks. Yeah. I had Dan Shelley on from um, Sussex Coast College Group. Their five year digital plan they did in a week. So yeah. your five six year <laughs> digital plan you've yeah. did in four days. So yeah, it just had, proves we, we had to, what you can do. We had to, and everybody came in. There was no excuses. This is you know you had to, and and uh, and uh, and when do you when, think you'll ever go back to an old way of working, or do you think it's formed new ways of working moving forward? I mean, forward? The, the, they say the new norms, isn't it? The, you know, the, you know, the, you know, uh, and and we've sort of unlearned to a certain level. So there's certain things that you know we've unlearned and we're, we've relearned it, and uh, and I think even to a certain level, I think it's now. You know, I've I've to be frank with you, I, I've never. Until this period, I've never had a Zoom call or a Skype call. People used to say, oh, "I want to do a Skype." I said, "I don't do Skype." Yeah, you know, yeah. I, you know, face to face, 
Yeah, even yeah. if I have to travel, even if I have to travel, you know, the whole day and come back, I'll do face to face for 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You've done the same, Dave. Yeah. You know, you know, we we we've gone for a half an hour meeting, travel the whole day, and yeah. I'm okay with that because I can make a couple of telephone calls uh, along the line and along the way. I can do a little bit of other stuff, and I'm okay with face to face, and I, I prefer face to face wherever I can. Uh, and, well, and for, well me, for, for me, Saf, is I was always used to going out to work and spending the whole day at work and, you know, coming in when the kids are there and things like that. And you're right, I'd travel to Birmingham, three hours on the train there, three hours on the train back for one hour meeting. Yeah. So seven hours of the day for one hour of a productive meeting. And I'd sit on the train, I'd do work, do emails, do whatever, you know, watch a bit of Netflix, whatever I was doing. Yeah. Now, I've learned new habits where actually... I can. I enjoy that. I'd, not that I didn't enjoy that time with my kids before, but we've learned new ways of spending that time together. Where yeah. before it was always they go to school or they go to football, or we'd always be busy. Where now we can get together in the house and we can yeah. form a, a new relationship. So yeah, I definitely yeah. think moving forward, I will choose my travelling time more wisely. However, yeah. I still do miss a face to face. Shaking yeah, yeah. hands, meeting, yeah. and, and getting to know people like that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if somebody said to me, I mean, I was a little bit negative on 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 on, on the whole online uh, type meetings. And if somebody said to me, I don't, I want to meet with you, but you know, can we do a Skype call? I I just, you know, I, I just nod, nod my head, you know, shake my head really to say, you know, what? if they can't be bothered, you know, you know, yeah, you see me or you know, I, you know, I, forget it. And and for me, I wanted to sort of see the person, and they talk about you know, you know communication, and a lot of it is about body language and all the rest of it. Yes, and yeah. uh, and and uh, and for me now, it's like it's um, it's become a, a bit more habitual in terms of and 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 uh, and because we've done it over a period of time, it becomes a bit natural. Where yeah, yeah. prior prior to this, it, it, you know, it was really alien. Um, and so in terms of going back. I think, as I said, we've unlearned some of these things. Uh, I'm more, much more comfortable myself in terms of having these meetings, uh, having these conversations, uh, doing it myself as well. You know, setting up Zoom, so you know, which is not it's an easy thing, but you know, there was always an obstacle. I don't know this. You know, I don't know how I know. to use. You know, I don't I know. know. <laughs> you know, but you know, it's using collaborative tools, working on the same document at the same time, and 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 particularly where there's a relationship already there. Um, I think it's a, it's a very easy thing, mm-hmm. you know. And you and I say, for example, meet up on this. It's the same because, you know, we've got a relationship already. Yeah, yeah. We know each other for a lot of while. It's the same, you know. Uh, and and I think when you're forming sometimes relationships with new people, maybe you need maybe a meeting as well, face to face, just to sort of. Uh, it doesn't have to be right at the beginning, but it does help as well. I think. I know. Uh, but it's a. I know. You know, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be good if we can get the balance right. It and, would. And, it would. You know, um, I've got a couple more questions for you, Saf. Um, so if you could have a magic wand and change anything you wanted about FE, what would you change? Uh, FE is very frustrating, David. You know, it's, uh, it, it's just, you just think, you know what, we're, we're, you know, we're doing what we're doing and, 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 and sometimes you, know, you, you feel you're up against the world and you're up against you know, certain things that, that, you know, and, and, and you're thinking... There's always a shortage of funding. There's always a shortage of this. You're, you're, you're always uh, fighting for funds, fighting for activity. You know, there's, there's no shortage of clients. I feel. I mean, the people are there. there there's work there, but it's the funding aspect of it. There seems to be lack of 
particularly yeah. when, you know, when, when, you know, if you're able to, uh, you know, bring clients who've got a genuine need, there just doesn't seem to be the, 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 the availability of the right funds. And it's really getting the funds right. And sometimes you might have, and it's, it's like sometimes you may have something else, but not what you need. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so for, so for what happens is that, you know, you go to a provider and, uh, or an employer and, and you've got a relationship and you can't service all their needs and then you've got to go out there and try and source this and source that and source that and and, and, and it's just impossible. It's like, you know, you know, you've got a customer in front of you and they want a particular service service and they think, you know, you should you should be you should have that as a provider, as an apprenticeship provider, they think actually yeah. Well, yeah, we can do this, but we can't do this. We can do this, we can't do that. And and it's too bitty. So you know, when you think about the whole three six five of a you know, customer relationship and you know the ecosystem of products, you know, it's like you got this, but you haven't got this. Or we can do this, but we yeah. can't do yeah. this. And it's just too fragmented, and yeah. uh, and, uh, and and you can't do anything about it. And you know, and um, and you just gotta try and knock on doors of you know see if you can work with partnership with people and mm-hmm. and, and so forth. So a lot of the time, it's you know being able to service people. Particularly when there's a genuine need, a lot of the time, you know, we we, we, we sometimes struggle. Um, yeah. Uh, this fragmented approach of funding, the fragmented approach of actually, you know, you know, just even if it was like, you know, I've got a customer here. Uh, this is what they need. Uh, can we get a little bit of traineeship for this person? Get a little bit of apprenticeship for this person, and so maybe whatever that body is, okay, because it's employer-led. That's fine. That's a sign. You, you know, you're yeah. their preferred provider. You know, we'll give you X amount of traineeship, X amount of apprenticeship, X amount of AEB. You can service that client. We can't do that. You know, back in the days, you probably could have back in sort of the tech days. It was employer focused. You know, need and you know where they provide where they provide preferred partner for that employer. But we can't service their needs. So the employer comes to us and we say, actually, you know what, hands up, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> well, try my best, but. I'll try my best, but I've got to go running around. It might take me. <laughs> might take us a while. I know. I get that. I do get that. And final question, Saf. Uh, we're going to have a dinner party. You can have three guests of your choice, either alive or dead. Who okay. would I use? <laughs> who would I use? Um, who would I bring on board? Um, okay. Um, I mean, I. I, I I'll go for names, which I would say are, are names that I wouldn't normally meet, and I, I do look up to, and and I feel I can I can learn from them, and particularly if it's a very small dinner party, you can you know you develop a relationship. So for me, the first one is Imran Khan, the Prime Minister of Pakistan, he used to be yeah. a cricketer. Uh, I'm a bit of a cricketer, cricketing fan. Uh, you know, he's had a journey. He's had a massive struggle. He had an ambition, which you know, people were laughing at him, absolutely making fun of him to say, you know what, you got no chance. You know, you're seen as a playboy. You know, what are you doing mm-hmm. in terms of you know, become looking to become prime minister of a a fairly reserved Islamic sort of country. You know, yeah. your background and so forth, and and it just didn't work. And and he was talking about uh, making change. Um, he was talking about. You know, actually getting rid of the sort of—it uh, was like an oligarchy-type system—and and and, uh, and and justice really. So he started the Justice Party, 
um, and just really had that struggle. But I think his first journey was really building a hospital, a cancer hospital in Pakistan. And, uh, and that journey is just um, it's just mind-boggling to 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 see somebody who's got sort of Western thinking, you know, who's you know who's been you know a bit of a as I said a playboy who's been in the Western field, you know, who's yeah. Yeah. A, a, you know a Western outlook, and then he's he's sort of gone in and and, and brought that sort of mindset into a country where you know we need to change, we need to move away, and we need to you know justice for. The, the 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 poor and trying to try and look at that and for me hats off to him in terms of in terms of that um so um I, i've just thought to myself i think they're all politicians actually now. oh yes so 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 so, so, the, so the, the next one for me is uh and this this might might uh, sound uh, uh very 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 strange it's uh uh it's uh margaret thatcher and and it, yeah, I know, I know, I know. So she's I, not well. She's not well liked up in the northeast. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and uh, there's, there's, but it's, it's the journey. It's the journey. Yeah. It's the person. And what you've got is you've got individuals who, you know, you know, it's that story of of being a, a daughter to effectively a shopkeeper. Uh, that whole aspect of the journey, going against the tide, you know. You know, breaking the mold in terms of the 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 uh, being a female, you know, obviously uh, prime minister, politician in an area in an area which uh, I would say is completely different to, to 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 now. The thinking was completely different, and up against the the people, the and having that mindset, the mentality of 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 doing that. I'm yeah. not I'm not necessarily saying you know you know what she did was. All fantastic, and I agree with that. But it's that journey; it's the person's mindset. It's the, it's yeah. the, the, the people. Yeah, they're incredible, really. Uh, yeah. So for me, that that's a that, that that's a, that's another one. Uh, the other politician, which is which is um, uh, you know, to 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 a certain to a certain level, is 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 very very uh, different uh, from anybody else. Is a guy called Paddy Ashton. Who was a Liberal Democrat, obviously passed away, and I and I used to look at him and say, you know, uh, you know, you're part of a third, you know, it's a third party. You're not really a major player here, but you know, he talked a lot of sense, and and uh, and and you know, I, I'm uh, and I I feel, you know, when you look at politicians, you know, yeah. and you look at what they're doing, you know, you know, we naturally are very judgmental and we're very much against them, but there's an element of you know who the people are, and and, and I may may you know maybe because it's my my sort of upbringing. My father used to put the news on all the time, and I, and I, my my job main job was to translate some of the news. You know he could understand it mostly, and he used to say, "What's going on here?" And some yeah. of him, and he used to say, "I'm testing you," but I would say he probably understood about eighty percent of it, and there's certain aspects yeah. he just wanted to add, and and he would bring the newspaper and says, "Okay, you know what's the stories." So I was always, and and, it's, and I and, and it was about the politics was the news, and for me it's that whole politician uh, that that I used to look at, uh, and, and 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 that's still the craze. I mean, that's that's not craze, but I'm always I've always been interested in, you know, the 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 sort of politicians who are, who, who who make a difference, you know, the the amount of change that they have, the drive that they have. And to a certain level, I also see there's an element of uh, us in them as well, because we're about making yeah, a difference, yeah. making a change. We're doing it slightly differently, 
But they, hopefully, it's not about power and so forth. It's about actually making a difference as well. But then something goes wrong or, you know, it, yeah. it just goes off on a bit of a tangent or they, they lose the focus. Uh, and, 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 you know, they sometimes it's, it's uh, you know, you know whether they've not kept their feet on the, on the ground or whatever it is, or they're around the people, they're different, around different levels, levels of people. So there's an element of negativity that does happen, but but their intentions, their starting point, their early journey in terms of the struggle, you know, becoming the first MP, you know, all of that, the growth aspect of it, there's a hunger, there's a desire, and, and the ingredients, the basic ingredients are usually very good. Um, and it just goes off on a, on a, on a sort of a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, Saf, it's been a pleasure. Um, just quickly, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or find any of your businesses, where would the best, what's the best links and where's the best places? I'm, I'm very proactive, very similar to yourself on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I, I try and keep keep up to date. So I'm always, there's never a day where I, I wouldn't be checking my LinkedIn. Uh, and there's never a day I wouldn't be checking my Twitter. So I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, Safraz Ali. I'm on Twitter, handle Safraz Ali. Um, you know, you, you, you know, you, you, I'm fairly easily viable. Yeah. For, 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 you can find me. I've got a, I've got a, uh, uh, a little bit of a YouTube channel as well, Safraz Ali. I, I put some sometimes videos out. And I'm on Great. Yeah. I'm on all social media, uh, Safraz Ali. Just, just Google my name. Hopefully, you know, you should be able to find me. Um, I, I try and you know my you know I try and be responsive to anybody and and uh, and uh, you know respond to you know whatever it is even if it's me pointing people in the, in, in the you know in the direction. Brilliant. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Saf, pleasure as always. Pleasure as always. Looking very well as always. <laughs>